0: Extra Unordinary, a podcast where extra people talk on ordinary media my name is Addison I don't know why but I when I said that I moved my arms like I was a plane <laughs>
1: <laughs> we're in
2: Halloween month you it, it would when you're in October you can be whatever you want you can be a plane you can it's be whatever you want in October that's the rule okay that's the rule. That's why do we have October
3: yeah. Yeah, basically. Thanks, Julius Caesar. <coughs> no, wait, no. Thank you for fucking it up so it's not the eighth month anymore.
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, that beautiful voice is Kat. Hi, everybody. All right. And tonight we also have Joe, as always. Hello, everyone. All right. And we have John.
1: <laughs>
0: All right. We have. A very special guest, Elm Diond Hello! Who I've known for probably about five, six years.
3: Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, honestly, we have known each other that long. Yeah. It's just been forever. Life, you know, life happens.
0: Yeah, life happens.
2: Aww. It's amazing who you'll reconnect with.
3: It really is. Like you know, uh, Joe actually messaged me, and we stayed in contact. And he's like, "Yeah, Addison runs the podcast." And I was like, "No, uh." <laughs> <laughs>
0: and then, sure enough, I was like, "Oh shit, it is her." <laughs> yeah, I'm like cool now. Who
2: I haven't talked to since my freshman year of high school. Uh, freshman year of college, actually, and he reunited with our friends group through another friend who had nothing to do with the college that we went to, and we were reconnected so strongly that I hosted his wife's birthday party a week ago. Wow. And, you know, <laughs> we're closer now. So we random. were at college. It's like there was a 10-year gap, and... No, now we're back and like we met each other and we're like, wow, we've both self improved so much. <laughs> That's wild. Let's never tell all those stories else like that
3: though. Me. Yeah. Right? <laughs> That's what's nice too when you like catch up with friends like that. You know, you have all that distance and all that time apart and then when you like re meet them, it's kinda like you just sort of pick up where you left off. Oh yeah, yeah. it's just you just catch up and you're like, Okay, so what kind of stuff have you been getting into lately? Yeah, like, tell me all your shit. Give me the dicks.
0: (laughs) Yeah, where have you been, like, the past, like, five, six years? (laughs) I,
3: uh... Oh, gosh. I've been in college for forensic science. Oh, wow. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So, it's it's really funny, because, like, during that time, I found witchcraft and stuff. And it's not like I found it. I just finally got the courage to, like, delve into it.
0: Yeah, that's how I am, because I just... Like, I recently just started practicing myself.
3: Right, right.
0: Yeah, I've done some cleanses because I'm pretty sure our apartment has spirits in it.
3: Oh, the one you're in right
0: now? Yeah.
2: Oh, shit. You're in a different apartment than the one we were in, aren't
0: you? I just keep getting the worst luck, Joe. You keep getting the haunted ones. (laughs) I really do. So, in the spirit... might be fairies. You never know. You never know. You know, right. I'm, not, I'm not I'm not ruling out anything, but my cats always get freaked out. Uh, well, like, cleansings
3: are really good. And they're really easy.
0: Yeah, I've just been doing sage.
3: Can we do a pro- Can we, at the end of this, can you go through how to do a proper cleansing? Of course. <laughs> yeah, totally. Awesome. That'd be a great way to, like, round things out, I think, at the end. Like, fuck yeah. And I can't cleanse my house. <laughs> oh yeah, like it's it's really easy. It's really nothing elaborate unless you want to make it elaborate. That's why I love witchcraft, right? It's like whatever you want it whatever you want it to be, it can be. Yeah. So like there's I like no, that. Yeah, there's no right or wrong. And you can still believe in anything and everything or nothing at all, and it still works.
0: Yeah. It's pretty awesome. So, um, I actually have a couple roundtable questions tonight. Did I mention the movies that we're doing? We're doing Halloween Town and Hocus Pocus.
3: What, what? Disney Double Feature! So Mm -hmm. excited!
0: Yeah, so two very prominent movies from my childhood.
2: Well, and you know what's interesting about Hocus Pocus is I never even realized that it was released in theaters when it came out.
0: Yeah, isn't that crazy? I thought it was a straight-to-like Disney movie.
2: I did, too. I I I thought it was one of the—because they were doing that every—like, for a few months a year, they would do a new movie every Friday. And I thought they just ultra-delivered for one of their Friday movies— and turned out, no, this was a movie that released in theaters and just no one heard about and no one went to, and bombed horribly in theaters, and then became a cult classic literally every year after that.
0: Yeah?
3: Yeah, I don't think I've ever got a Halloween, at least at some point in October, not seeing a part of it, if not watching all of it. I'm literally yeah, like,
2: watching like, it all <laughs> Like, this movie is so quintessential Halloween because it goes so... It goes weirdly deep into witch lore. Like, they run into a guy dressed as Satan, and then they go into the whole witch lore of witches are actually servants of Satan and do a whole random aside with this guy in his living room and his chihuahua and his terrible wife.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I want to get into that later. But I think first up, we're going to start off with Halloween Town. Right. But I do have a couple icebreakers. Joe came up with a really good one. That we'll start off with, which is, what is your favorite Halloween memories? Oh.
1: So
2: Jake. I have one.
0: John's going to go first.
2: <laughs> I, I actually gave this one to him. I said, what's your best trick-or-treat memory? And I phrased it that way in particular because my favorite trick-or-treat memory was not when I was trick-or-treating, but I was the one handing out the treats. <laughs> so on Halloween one year, Um, we went through all of the traditional nice Halloween stuff. Traffic was starting to pick up, uh, for people coming by and picking up candy. And I decided to up the ante. Like, we had gotten past where all the really young kids came by, because they usually come by during daylight. The sun had gone down, and it was time to get spooky. So I dressed in all black, covered my hands, and put a mask over my head that was mostly black, but had a shiny red face. Really, really kind of creepy. Really only mildly creepy, but by itself, combined with everything else, it just looked like this floating red face and was quite creepy. So in that whole thing... to
1: a five-year-old.
2: Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, what I did to make it all the worse is I took the candy bowl, I took it from inside, and I went on my front stoop outside, held the candy bowl directly in front of me, And then stayed as still as I possibly could (laughs) until someone got into my driveway. At which point I would go from perfectly still with my face in front of me to a single snap motion into the direction that that the child was. And I did that to no less than 20 kids. And I remember this teenage girl straight up noping out of my driveway Made it halfway down. I did the snap, and she just went, "Nope, nope nope, <laughs> nope, nope, nope." And she just goes down the street away from the house. But my favorite part of that whole thing w- was when this kid, couldn't have been more than six, like was clearly scared, but came all the way down the driveway, anyways. I made a point to sc- creepily step a step further down. And he still came all the way up, grabbed a handful of candy, put it in his bag, paused for a second, staring me in the face, and then went for a second handful. <laughs> <laughs> right? I just remember thinking, kid, if you're brave enough to do it, you deserve it. was <laughs> <There's> a trial <laughs> by a fire candy. And, left, and it is just... All right. No, kid, you definitely earned that second handful. <laughs> that was the year that I am sure only the brave kids got candy. And this is the one. It was mostly sitting still, not doing anything, but God, it was great. And I have a reputation amongst the neighborhood kids now.
1: <laughs> nice.
0: <laughs> That's so
2: cute, though. <laughs> I love that. They know me as the guy that goes all out for Halloween and Christmas. I have plans Do you have you know. a red
3: face mask on for Christmas too?
2: No But I do have a red hat That's fair I'm
3: just going the, the Krampus route
2: I have done that Costume before But that wasn't for the neighborhood kids It just had a creepy Christmas <gasps> part
1: <laughs> That sounds kinky, wait <laughs> Hey Hmm I mean, I'm not sure I call
2: Krampus Krampus kinky, but I'm not going to kink shame, so...
3: He does care to be a
1: basketball whip. Would
3: that be, like, furry dominion? (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh my god. I'm just Uh, curious. I think technically he is a furry.
1: Furry is usually animalistic. Krampus... He's like a furry-covered
2: guy. It depends on your visualization of Krampus.
0: You know, I was gonna. You know, I was gonna make this episode like I was gonna remind us, hey guys, why don't we keep it like PG, maybe PG thirteen, and I think that just went out, went out the window. (laughs) That's
1: (laughs) a good idea, just died.
3: No, we can still release it that way. Just for that whole segment, what we'll do, we'll just put like some Christmas music. (laughs)
0: on
1: So no,
2: we'll just use ghost howls to censor the podcast.
0: Oh, that's funny, but I think that that has been shot down. Yeah. So it's just like, oh, these are kids' movies. We should make them for, like, little kids. And, th- and then that happens, so we're going to have to keep that, because I don't love kids enough to be like, yeah, I'm going to cut that out so they can listen to this. No, right. they can turn 15 or 16 first. I don't give a shit.
3: Right. <laughs> 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 I feel like <laughs> also, <laughs> this like, this podcast the podcast itself, minutes. more people are going to, re- more older people are going to relate to Halloween Town and Hocus Pocus. Yeah. Yeah. I grew up with
2: it.
1: I
3: was going to say, Halloween, Halloween Town anymore? like, 1963? Yeah, I do.
1: Yeah. That's awesome. Couldn't so we, we, had to,
3: like,
0: find it, because it's not on, like, Netflix or anything. Uh, John had this it. John had it on his Plex. I have Thank you, on John. My He does.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, uh, but, Joe. Why don't but, you go next?
2: Well, hold on. We have a good bit of data that we can throw at the audience here, and that's really going through the the years that these movies came out. Halloween Town came out in 1998. It had three sequels: one in 2001, one in 2004. And it in 2006, and by the time they got to 2006, they had pretty much recast absolutely everyone. And Hocus Pocus came out in 1993. But really old-
1: yep. yeah, it was it really 1993?
2: Yep. But as oh, wow. we mentioned here, don't feel old about that just yet, because the movie came out in theaters in 1993, and apparently literally no one saw it in theaters, um, which is why it's been so hard to get a sequel for it going. Because, you know, they always do the math based on this theatrical release, and no one wants to account for it. Well, yes, it's been a cult classic on TV for over 20 years, but... I mean,
3: it's like a... It's so in the common, like popular culture of everyone. I mean, it, you can find that costume, like the three set of the Sanderson witches, like you can well, find that costume at any store.
1: Not to anywhere.
2: plug someone who's paying to be on our podcast, but Spirit Halloween actually has a great Sanderson sisters costume. Like, they've got a good one and a cheap one. Like, they've got two of them. And the cheap one's decent and the good one's really good.
1: And yeah, really, like, it is
2: beautiful. so iconic that you can go to a generic Halloween store and actually get a really good version of the costume. Oh yeah. Like it's so affordable that I know people who are veteran cosplayers who will look at that and go like, I could make that from scratch for ten dollars cheaper to get the same results and spend weeks doing it. (laughs) So, I mean they're so iconic that you just buy costumes that are really high quality for Hocus Pocus.
3: I wonder why it wasn't necessarily like received as well. Because I mean, obviously, it's a good movie. Like people have been enjoying it, as you said, for like twenty years. So I wonder what like, did it was what came out in nineteen ninety three that came out against it. There must have been something. Well,
0: no, Nightmare Before so Christmas. With theatrical releases, you was have it Nightmare Before Christmas versus Hocus Pocus? I think so.
3: <laughs> Holy shit! They did both come out in
2: nineteen ninety three. If um, it's not, it was
3: both of them, holy shit, I could totally see, yeah, that would be, that would explain a lot, that would explain everything, yeah.
2: Well, and you have all these other problems with theatrical releases that if it's not advertised enough, it doesn't matter how good it is, if people don't know it exists, they're not going to go and see it.
1: Oh, yeah.
2: You you double stack that, where you have that issue, and then Nightmare Before Christmas that was advertised to Helen back.
3: Although well, oh,
2: Christmas was, Christmas was, was also waiting. just such an undertaking with it being, right. you know, the way it's made. It had Tim Burton behind it, so it was going to be at the
1: forefront of everything.
0: Yeah, but yeah. Nightmare Before Christmas had Tim Burton backing it while Hocus Pocus had Kenny Ortega who really who really his most um, quote-unquote most famous and most profitable movies didn't come out until like the mid-2000s. 2000. Which were the high school musical movies.
3: But I mean, it still did have, like, I mean, Hocus Pocus has, like, I mean, such a star studded cast.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're amazing.
0: Like, I wholeheartedly agree.
3: Like, I also think it's, like, part of the fact that it incorporated Christmas versus just Halloween. So I also feel like some people consider it more of a Christmas movie than a Halloween movie.
2: That is a debate I have every year of when do we rewatch Nightmare Before Christmas. We do that around
0: Christmas. Halloween, uh, Thanksgiving, Christmas. Halloween, Halloween. Yeah. Any That's of good those for holidays are acceptable. Yeah, it's
2: fine. I usually watch it sometime in November and just make a compromise.
0: There we go. <laughs> Alright. Back Anyways, to the round table. <laughs> Oh yeah, Joe. Why don't you go? Um, I have a story that's very similar
2: to John's, except on the opposite end.
0: This is actually
2: my first memory of any Halloween, and I was out trick or treating with my dad and my brother. My brother's two years older than me. I'm guessing I was probably about four-ish, which would make my brother about six.
0: Little baby, Mm. little baby Joe. Yeah, so
2: cute. Little kids. Uh, this is before my parents got really conservative and didn't let us trick-or-treat or celebrate Halloween anymore. Um, it sucks
4: that they let you do it and then took it away.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah church things. That, well, we could dress up if we wanted to go to the church one, but you had to dress as a Bible character. It's like, everyone's in robes. How are you supposed to know who's who? <laughs> I mean, no sense to me.
0: But I would anyway. have dressed as a prostitute and prostitute protest.
2: Oh, I'd just be Mary Magdalene every year. Points for alliteration. Oh and my! So we were trick or treating, and my dad would always stand at the end of the driveway and just let us go up to the house. And so we go up to this neighbor's house, and she slowly opens the door, but she's completely dressed head to toe as Medusa. Completely freaked the crap out of me and oh. my brother. We were away <laughs> screaming. And my dad I remember my dad like laughing at the end of the driveway. I was like, How can you laugh at that? It's scary.
0: Have you <laughs> so seen I kids be frightened? It's very hubris.
2: Yes. If it was my kids I'd be I'd be rolling on the ground laughing too. <laughs> and then second memory that I want to throw in there too, fast forward like fifteen years later, so I'm about twenty at this point and working at this place called Broadway Pizza with a bunch of my friends. And I decided to cross-dress for Halloween this year. We're going to a Halloween party that night. And so my two gal friends, um, Deanna and Kelly, both let me borrow their clothes. They do my makeup for me. They do my hair for me. And at this point, my hair, I could reach, I could touch it down my back with my hand. So it was about halfway down my back. So I had long hair, which was perfect. Um, they did all the makeup and stuff like that. We're getting ready to go to this party at the back of the restaurant. And as we're getting into the car, this pickup pulls up next to us with so a couple of redneck kids in it. And one of the kids is like, Hey, where's the party at? And so my gal friends are talking to him, the driver, and in the passenger seat, this kid is giving me the eyes like he wants to take me in the back seat of his car or something. <laughs> And my gal friends are like, they slowly caught on and they start laughing once they realize what's happening. And I'm giving eyes back to this kid because I think this is hilarious. (laughs) And so I'm just like sucking on the end of my pinky finger, looking at him, blinking, winking my eyes. Finger guns in full display. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Dear Lord. (laughs) So, Joe. What's the end of that story?
2: Oh, they ended up driving off. They didn't even go to the party. Ah. (laughs) Yeah. Thank goodness. (laughs) No, no, no. But I I look hot, and I'm really upset that nobody ever
1: got photos of it.
0: Oh, I was about to ask for photos.
1: Yeah, I wish.
0: (sighs) Ah. Say Louis to me. Kat, why don't you go next?
3: So, favorite Halloween?
0: Sure. Favorite Halloween memory? Ooh.
3: Uh, I guess probably it would be the one where I got to work at a haunted house for, like, a month surrounding Halloween. That was pretty fun.
0: Ooh. Up in Vermont. Uh, up in Vermont. Yeah,
3: it was really great. Uh, we did it for, like, from September to the beginning of November.
0: Cool. What did you do? Like, did you do anything special or fun?
3: Um. Yeah. No. It was actually really cool. We got to do. Um. Like, it was very interactive. It was like basically not for anyone under the age of ten. Like, you you had to be double digits to just even like go in. And everyone was like super elaborate, and there were like people that were like sawed open, and it was like pretty intense. Um. And basically. Uh, I got to be this, like, girl in, a, like, a jacket, like, attached to a wall. But I wasn't actually attached, I didn't know that. And I had to, like, stay perfectly still. So, like, the entirety of my Halloween, I just got to, like, scare the crap out of people by, like, jumping, like, like, having, like, to pretend, like, pretending, like, my arms would come uncrossed, and I'd, like, rip away the chicken wire in front of her, and I'd climb out the window, <laughs> like, in, like, pitch black darkness with a strobe light. And sometimes I'd <laughs> get, like, blood pellets in my mouth, and I'd, like, bite on them and just, like have it go everywhere.
0: It was really fun. Oh, I so. can never do blood pellets. They grossed me out. I they mean, grossed okay. everyone out. Well, not like gross was in blood. Like, oh, I hate this taste. It's disgusting.
2: You gotta deal right? go with the corn syrup. If you do the corn syrup blood, it tastes great.
1: It rots your teeth really yeah, it's bad. it's not that bad. It great.
0: <laughs> okay, I'll try that next time. Um, Elm. Oh. oh gosh.
3: Oh, yeah, I liked it. Let's see favorite halloween memories i gotta say uh it was actually i have two one i was like really little and my mom would uh she used to sew and like make yeah, she 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 tampered in sewing and stuff and so our last name my maiden name you know was lumpkin wait for it like for real yeah it was lumpkin so i was a pumpkin Oh, Oh, she had me! It was. I had like the little green leggings and like the little green boots, like cloth shoes or whatever. And then I had a little green like stem hat with leaves. Oh my god, that's so cute! And then I was like a giant orange pumpkin, but it was like cloth, but it was like big, but it wasn't bulky, right? And she had sewn on the triangles, you know, and and then the smile and stuff. And I just walk around the neighborhood. And I was like, trick or treat. And they're like, why are you a pumpkin? And I'm like, because I'm a lumpkin. <laughs> so that was that one. And uh the last one, you know, I have a lot of great ones. But there was one where it was last year. And me and my fiancé, we like dressed up we didn't know what we were going to be for Halloween so we kind of just threw on clothes and like the face paint and everything and, and like went out and everyone we, we just decided to walk around uh the town and people would come up to us and they like can we get a picture with you guys you guys look so badass you know and things like that and It was fun. Like, we didn't do anything. We just walked around and people came up to us.
1: Hmm.
3: And then we just kind of, like, went home that night and had a horror movie marathon. Things like that, you know. Like, I like the simple things. Nice. uh, Yeah, childhood memory and, like, recent memory.
0: Nice. Uh, That leaves me. Um... When I was younger, I used to go trick-or-treating to my, f- uh, with uh family friend's family, and they had, like, a huge, they lived in a huge, nice neighborhood. So, like, full bars, guys. Wait, those are real? That wasn't just made up? No, full bars exist! Oh my god! Um, I think... Uh, one year I dressed up as a combination of Jason Voorhees and wait for it, SpongeBob SquarePants. Oh God! <laughs> wait. So, what was your name? Were you SpongeBob Voorhees? I I never came up with them. I just put on the mask and the blood and the leftover SpongeBob costume I had for. Her. <laughs> 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 I had a good time, and I remember like. Just being super weird, and, like, I would weird out people. And I... Because <laughs> I don't think they ever saw anything like me before. I was, like, ten. <laughs> did you when you did this? I never watched a Friday the 13th movie. I just knew who Jason was. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> it, <laughs> Yeah, I
1: kind of like okay. that. That's
2: that's pretty neat, but like for the ten year old doing that, especially if I knew they did it themselves. That's that's a whole different category. Well,
0: the Spongebob costume was like a really big styrofoam costume, you just kinda stepped in and it had his face and those little clothes on it, and he you stuck your head out. <laughs> and then on like my head I just put the hockey mask and threw some blood on.
3: That's <laughs>
1: comic. Okay.
3: I feel like you need
0: to resurrect this, please. I'll do it for someone's Halloween party,
1: unless
0: (laughs) I need to get my dates figured out because I'm going to be going down to Halloween Horror Nights.
2: I'm believing you're having two Halloween parties this month, dude. If you dress
0: like that
3: at Halloween Horror Nights, they might think you work there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know what's funny? Uh, They Universal does own the rights to SpongeBob. So, like, they have, like, a little They have, like, Spongebob's house
2: They could make this crossover happen Yeah yeah. But do they have rules like Disney Where you can't dress as the princesses If you enter their You
0: actually cannot have any costumes or masks At Halloween Horror Nights I ask them Yeah I'll be wearing, like, outfits And stylized makeup and if they ask me, I'll just be like, I look like this every day. Don't you judge me? You should. I will. Yeah, yeah I will be like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> 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 so um, and I think uh, uh, adult mem, adult memory, um, we have mutual friends that threw a really awesome Halloween party. You and I, cat. Sig and Nikki's awesome Halloween party. It's usually like just a post Dragon Con, but Halloween themed.
1: Oh, it's awesome.
0: Yeah. I won't be going this year because I'll be in Orlando. That's not a bad problem to have. I know. <laughs> what? I'm sad you won't be there, oh, but I'm right? jealous of where you're going. Oh my god! Like, everyone's like, just go to Six Flags. Like, guys, they have a poltergeist and Stranger Things haunted house in Orlando. I'm going there.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I went to Fright Nights back in the day because my first girlfriend's family would do that vacation every year. And it's like the one vacation they do. And I came down a few years. And it's absolutely great, especially if you're the hardest person to scare in a group. Oh, it was great fun because the people would run up to me with chainsaws and bloody masks and be like, hey, what's going on? You guys get paid extra for this or are you just doing it for fun? Yeah, we're just doing it for fun. That's great, man. So you see the blonde in the front? She's extra jumpy. Go for her. They just <laughs> nod And it, it, it was great. And since Fright Nights is so much more adult-oriented, they sell more boobs.
0: Yes, they do. They I will do. not be having a car. And I usually don't drink, but I will drink. So um, last That's year I dressed card. like a vampire, and if— he- Um, I don't know if a lot of our listeners know this, but I have gigantic boobs. (laughs) (laughs) I know
3: that. I feel like we've mentioned this before, but just in case our listeners needed a refresh, that is true.
0: So, my boobs are, like, and I'm a small person. I don't have a big frame.
1: It's true, you're tiny.
0: I am a tiny person. So people, like, when I'm wearing something cleavagey, people recognize me from my boobs.
1: 'Cause they just
2: look down and that's all they see. <laughs> to the top of your head and then
0: <laughs> Thanks, John. Um, I've literally had people come up to me and said, I'd be like, Hi, nice to see you again. They're like, I'm sorry, have we met? I'm just like, Yeah, Addison, we met at a party or a con. They're just like, Oh, I didn't recognize you because your boobs weren't out. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's my legacy. <laughs>
2: wow. Boobs McGee Yeah (laughs) Yes, but like Five foot tall Boobs McGee It's a a two for one
0: (laughs) Yeah So
2: How tall are you actually? I don't want to
0: Five foot tall
2: You are straight five feet Yes So I was not making that
0: up That is Yes, you are correct, John So uh. (sighs) Last year I was wearing like contacts and a full face of makeup and like people like who I only met once or twice were just like, "Oh, hey, it's Add-. Like, hey, who are you?" And I'm just like, "It's Addison." They're like, "Oh." But people who knew me a little bit more, they're they walk up to me and like, "Hey, Addison." I'm like, "Thank God somebody recognized my face." And no.
2: You know, I have the
0: No, they recognize my boobs.
2: Yeah, I have the same thing just for hair.
0: You know what? Yeah, I can tell you. I can see you from like across a room. I have seen you from across a very crowded room and know it's you because of your hair. To
2: find my, the table that we're at in restaurants more than once.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, to move on to our from boobs to our two f- kid friendly. <laughs> <laughs> movies we have tonight. First we're gonna talk about Halloween Town. So Halloween Town was, as stated earlier, released in nineteen ninety eight. So it's been out for twenty years. It was a Disney Channel original movie. Back in the
3: classic eras where they I think they I think this is what you're
1: talking about, where they were releasing a new movie every Friday? Or
2: that's when they had their TV um, TV movie era.
3: Yeah. Yeah, they had other really great classics, like what, Under Wraps?
2: Xenon, Girls, Re- of the 21st Century. Xenon.
3: It's- oh! Cheetah Girls.
0: Oh, I forgot about Cheetah Girls. They had Cheetah Girls. I love Cheetah Girls. Did you know they had Cheetah Girls books? I do, because I read them.
3: I did not, I did not know.
2: know
0: I still have them. Wow. Yeah. So moving on from that Very embarrassing (laughs) Train of thought So this movie was directed by uh, Dwayne Dunham Wait, Dwayne Dunham? Dunham
3: Dunham, okay, so I'd be like, his name is Dwayne Dunham He has like the coolest name (laughs) It's Dunham You always get bonus points
2: for alliteration
3: (laughs) Yeah, for real (sighs)
0: Anyway, Mr. Dunham so, and it stars Debbie Reynolds, Wow, Kimberly J. Brown. Is it Judith Hogg, Hague?
1: Hogue. 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 Judith Hogue, Hogue. Yeah. yeah.
0: Judith Hogue. Joey Zimmerman, Emily Roske, and Robin Thomas. This, uh, the. Overall story of the movie is is on Halloween, the kid's grandmother, Aggie, played by Debbie Reynolds, comes to visit them. Aggie wants to start Marnie's training as a witch before her 13th birthday, or Marnie will lose her powers forever. But something dark and evil is growing in Halloween Town, and Aggie wants to defeat it. However, her mother, well, Aggie's daughter, the kid's mother, doesn't want to help.
2: Oh, it's worse than that. She wants to specifically never let her daughter know she's a witch until her powers already
0: fade. Yeah, that's so shitty. We'll get into that. (laughs) (laughs) While Aggie and their mom are arguing, Aggie uses magic, which Marnie observes. After Aggie leaves to return to Halloween Town, Marnie, Dylan, and Sophie follow her onto the return bus. Soon afterwards, Gwen arrives in Halloween Town... While there, Aggie and Gwen are attacked by dark forces in a the movie theater. Marnie, Dylan, and Sophie race to get the ingredients to activate Merlin's talisman to stop all the evil going on. Which we learn is the act of the mayor, Calabar, which happens to be Gwen, Gwen's ex boyfriend. You yeah.
2: know?
0: So this was. The mother's
2: not the grandmother's ex boyfriend.
0: No. No, it was Gwen's ex boyfriend.
2: The mom. Born lover. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they really make a point in the movie to gloss over how evil the plot is. It's like, oh, no, it's incapacitating people. Like, oh, well, no, he's incapacitating people to use their energy to start a civil war between monsters and humans to take over our world.
0: You <laughs> kind of hit the nail on the head, John. It's actually re- a lot darker than I remember, but oh, most yeah. things are. <laughs> like, on the personal level and the
2: overall plot level, like... I'm just gonna bring it straight to this point because it bothers me. Like the like the mother just straight up not letting her know she's a witch until her powers fade, is sadistic. Like the, the more you watch the movie, the more cruel that gets because it's apparent that a year in the real world is a hundred years or so in Halloween Town, which implies that the grandmother is several hundred years old. So she's not just trying to make her daughter not get her power so she's normal. She's also cutting off several hundred, if not thousand of years off of her daughter's life so she can be normal. Without letting her actually make the choice.
0: Yeah, she's kind of a shit mom.
2: Yeah! Like, okay, you know what? If you, like, sometimes mother does know best. That That's a thing that happens. But if they're, like, When you're talking about thousands of years of a potential lifespan and absolute magical powers, maybe talk about it first. And she seems old enough to make the decision, the daughter. So it's not like she's too young to know at this point. She's 12 years old. She can decide, yeah, that sounds great, or "Eh, maybe not so much.
1: It's not like she's
2: trying to explain the consequences of magic to a six-year-old. No, this girl's like... Fourteen. She's a teenager, so maybe she doesn't have the best judgment. Let's face it; she definitely doesn't have the best judgment because teenagers. But she
3: tells to used okay. and learn magic. Like exactly she knows it. Like she totally like she's old enough where she should be allowed to have that choice.
2: Like well, also the several thousand years of lifespan. Like well, several hundred, if not thousand oh. years of lifespan. Like that's a lot of objective numbers.
1: <laughs> well, and she can <laughs> learn the magic, and
3: then if she doesn't want to use it, she doesn't have to.
1: Right?
2: Exactly. Like, like... You don't want to call the mom an anti-vaxer. <laughs> <laughs> but she's willing to exchange several hundred years, like the majority of her child's lifespan. So she's a particular type of person. So maybe the mom's kind of a magical anti-vaxer. That's... There Dark
0: and accurate,
2: <laughs> terrifying, isn't it? Like I get, well, I mean, insist that she not use her magic powers for character development, so she can learn to be an independent, capable human being. But that also doesn't require actually cutting off several hundred years of her potential lifespan. like you could have told her yes you're magic but first you're gonna learn to take the trash out young lady (laughs) without magic right
3: like i think that's the one unrealistic thing though what woman would be like or what person would be like i'm gonna clean my house the normal way when you can do it by magic
0: for the love of a human parents raising
2: teenagers because you're teaching them responsibility and the level of effort that other people have to do to do the task.
0: Merit got from Harry Potter.
2: Mom has magic you can totally make her do that. Like, there's no way that she would have had stronger magic than her mother, who was definitely trained for a long time on how to be a witch. So they skipped the whole you're not allowed to use your power thing. The mom could have still gone like, oh no, I saw you cheat and use magic. Boop, now you have to do it again. Cause that's a thing all parents do. I mean, not in magical terms, but still, parents watch their kids to make sure they don't cheat on chores, and then make them do their chores so they understand how responsibility works.
3: That's true. I mean, the one thing, though, is if she doesn't go to start... Char- what? If she doesn't, like, go there by midnight of that night, she loses the ability forever? Her mom is willing it, to keep that away from her. Her mom is willing to actually have her powers disappear.
0: And John... We know what sheltering does to little kids. As the person who went to private Christian school, would you like to elaborate on that? Oh,
1: that worked (laughs) for a while.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You have five minutes.
2: I went to a private school that was slightly younger than desegregation. That's a great way to start it off. Uh, When you're in child, some private schools are really good. Some private schools are really bad uh, because some private schools are built because public schools are terribly underfunded. And if you have more money, it's a great way to get your child ahead in education. And there's a lot you can say from a social responsibility perspective on that. But the arena we're going to jump into (laughs) is what happens when a private school is founded because we don't like the desegregation thing and how that operates 30 years later when it's not quite that bad, but it's still not good either. Um, I knew a family that bought and sold same Hummer four times. Um, there was one kid who was, whose family was wealthy enough to pay for 35 kids, only 10 of which he was friends with to go to Lake linear water park for the day for free. um, so, yeah, like I went to Republican Academy, more or less. Um, yeah, and some of those people are great. Some of those people were horrible. Some of them were horrible and then became great. I was somewhere in the middle. I was priv- I was poor for that school by a lot, but still pretty privileged if, if for no other reason than being a straight white guy and growing up in that was a whole. Adventure when I got into the real world,
1: like oh, this is
2: oh, we missed so much. Oh no, (laughs) so much. (sighs) Thanks, Bush. Mm. Like not not to make it terribly political, but privilege is definitely a thing. As someone who grew up in it and then stepped out of it and went, oh wow, I missed so much.
0: yeah, it's really amazing how privilege does affect your... Because you don't really think of yourself as privilege when you're a kid, just like me. I grew up in, like, a $400,000 house. My dad's a was a software developer um, in, around the big, like, IT boom in the early 2000s. And because we never really... Flashed our cash, like, in the way a lot of other people did, like, trip, uh, multiple trips a year to Disney, like, European vacations.
1: Yeah, that's,
2: that's even more than I had, and I still went to, quote, unquote, Republican Academy.
0: Yeah. Um, so, and I thought we were, like, poor. What? I thought we I were- had. <laughs> I had, but, had um, a for dinner. <laughs>
3: Yeah. (laughs) You you know, like, hot dogs with the
0: bread buns? (laughs) Not the buns, but the white bread, you'd make it to buns. See, we had that, too, but it's not because, like, it was mostly because my family was depressed.
2: (laughs) (laughs) For me, it's because I just tried to be independent once I got to college. Like, my parents paid for college, which is the grandest of privileges. Like, I can't.
0: Okay, my parents my, my parents. my parents didn't do that. How much
2: benefit that was for me, but once I got into college, it was like, okay, everything else I'm going to do on my own. And then meals became Taco Bell and ramen. I got a part-time job at Victoria's Secret to make sure that I could pay for stuff. And oh, then my eyes opened very widely for how much effort it was just to get enough money to do things on my own. Anyways, all of this ties back to the overprotected thing of usually you're overprotected, you miss a lot of perspective of literally everyone who's not exactly the same as your family.
0: Exactly, tying back to why I thought we were poor when we lived in a gigantic house.
2: Well, and it's worse than that, because not only do you have, like, we're talking more in the general terms of how privilege affects a viewpoint, but in the terms of Halloween Town, Yes. You've got this family that's pretty well off. And if the mother is overprotective. But not only is she overprotective, she's overprotective to the point where she cuts off a part of their culture. And aside from yeah. the fact that it's a huge part of their lifespan, like, okay, yes, like most privilege in the real world is not going to come down to you. Yes, if you embrace this part of your heritage, you gain 90% more life than you currently have. But you still have the context of there's this entire culture that you have that's intrinsic to you that you're capable of being a part of that has been denied you because the people who have raised you and people you've been surrounded with have decided that it's not important without consulting you.
0: Yeah, and that ties back into, like...
2: Overprotectiveness often doesn't come from a good place. No! And it's, well, it's like, it's hard to... Really criticize the motivation as much, because the motivation is to protect. Okay, to protect is usually a good motivation, but the things that drive the idea to protect are as flawed as whatever the person who is having them has taken in, of course, across their life. So sometimes the most toxic things that a person have absorbed results in what they try to protect you from. Exactly. Right, like, you could like to take it back out of the general life experience and put it back in the context of the movie. Clearly the mom had some really bad stuff go awry with magic, and rather than cope with it, decided that her children would simply never experience it and they would never get the option to. So her motivation was to protect as a mother. With that part, okay. That's that's a good, decent human motivation. But it was tainted by whatever toxicity she took in in the rest of her life. That's how it goes in the real world a lot. Overprotectiveness is usually built more out of the toxicity that someone has absorbed rather than what they genuine, rather than whatever a human
1: genuinely needs to be protected from.
3: Yes, exactly. People, you know, often forget that there's a difference between being protective and then being sheltering. Yes. Yes, exactly. You know, like that's a huge thing, and you know, I feel like Dis- Disney tackles a lot of real world problems. If you are older and you get to read between the lines,
2: more so and, now than this too. I feel like they took yeah. a break for that from that for about fifteen years.
0: I but think it ended it, with it
2: a, uh, a, it a little bit back to it.
0: Yeah, I think that kind yeah. of like introspective of. Um, Disney and like this may have changed Because I've been hearing a lot of good Things about Girl Meets World The sequel series to Boy Meets World
2: um, i only seen the first season but they did a pretty good job With it at least yeah. for the first season that I saw
0: Yes I heard I keep hearing good things about it Um But that kind of like I think they took A break from it when it came to Like when That when the show That's So Raven ended because that had a lot to do with culture, classing, culture clashing, race, uh, fat shaming, individuality. It had a lot to do with that,
3: and but it was thing, it was topics that no one wanted to discuss. And if you notice, like nowadays, you're seeing people discuss these problems and being vocal about it. And it's like, hey, this is a problem. We need to finally talk about it.
0: Oh, yeah. Like, hide from it. my news feed today is filled with women telling their stories about how they were sexually assaulted. Yeah. Like, I've seen about 20 posts on that today.
3: And, like, that's the thing. It's like, you know, I feel like it's a good... It's a good thing, you know, I mean, it's, it's a sad thing that it's a problem, but it's a good thing that we're finally, like, talking about it. And I feel like, you know, Halloween Town trying to tackled that problem of overprotective parents, you know, and delving into the religion aspect of it, you know, like being raised Southern Baptist and everything. You know, hey, twinsies, That's not God is the devil. Yeah. And with um the Halloween town, you know, the mom was also trying, you know, like y'all have said, protect the daughter that turned into sheltering and being like, nah, I'm willing to not have you have your powers just so you can be normal. Right. You
1: know, I'm and cutting off from your that culture. Sure your
2: my perspective of healthy. Yeah.
3: Yeah, you know, and it's like at that age, you kind of start getting your own ideas and your own beliefs, and you start thinking for yourself. And, you know, when it comes to people, see that when a witch is brought up, they're evil. But what I love about Halloween Town is the witch wasn't evil, she was good. And it shows the power of believing in yourself and being able to choose your own path
1: yes and to elaborate
2: to elaborate on that it wasn't just the witches it was literally everyone yeah
3: anyone gods, that wasn't normal <laughs> was like you're evil right and evil if you're not with, like us then you're evil and like, you know oh no, you're good and like look at christianity and stuff you know like i said i was brought up like Witchcraft was evil. All this stuff was evil. And then it wasn't until later on in life, my grandmother's Puerto Rican, and I started getting interested in tarot cards. And that's when I bought my first deck under the table. You know, no one knew. I bought it, like, years ago. And I was practicing it, and I kind of brought it up in casual conversation. And my Abba, she was like, oh, I have a cousin in Puerto Rico who reads tarot cards, and she's a medium and she does all this stuff. She's like it's in our blood. And I'm like, oh, right. That's a thing. <laughs> you
4: are living <laughs> well, out that everything. Now.
0: I mean, I've been looking into medium things as well because um well, you know, like I said the ghosts like everywhere I seem to go, like every place I move in the past like 5 or so years has had a spirit or spirits. Right. It's like, are they following me? Do I have bad luck? Is this a sign to, like, point out a gift I've been hiding? Well,
3: a lot of things
0: are, like, mm-hmm.
3: cleansing and vanishing and putting up, like, protective wards just to protect yourself. And then if you feel drawn to something, you know, drawn to trying something, you know, you take baby steps. Like, I have been doing witchcraft now for four or five years and i I still consider myself a baby which like I don't know I'm I buy books every time I see them you know I look online I'm like what am I doing right now I don't know and it's just taking baby steps until you're confident to trying it
0: yeah I mean like right now I'm looking into knowing how to do leather working so I can make my very own book of shadows
3: Yeah, and that's a great start. You know, like, my Book of Shadows right now, the beginning pages are just basics. Color correspondences, what the moon phases represent, what, um, what are the the main holidays, you know, like the Sabbaths and the Equinoxes and things like that, and, um, what are, how would I celebrate that time of year? You know, like, what what does that resemble? You know, delving into mythologies and everything. Because I'm a pagan and not a Wiccan. Yeah, and so I believe in a lot of different deities. And um, you know, like I've started to really delve deep into everything. And because I started delving deep in everything, there is a self empowerment. And again, I think that's like what Halloween count also. Shows is that once she like saved everybody, there was that self empowerment feeling. And being a witch, you know, you do feel that. You're like, hey, I did something. And it could be anything. It doesn't even have to be like crazy rituals, you know, like I throw salt at random places or I burn like an incense. I'm in the car and I listen to like witchy music. And it's just self empowering. It's like I didn't even do anything. But. At the same time, I did do something because I believed I did something.
2: And the movie covers that even from not even Witcher's perspective, but the whole plot line of Luke the Goblin is based on self-empowerment versus dependency on trying to be cool. He tries to be cool and be whoever this other person wants him to be so he can be this this object that other people want him to be and really the part where he's happy is when he's like, no... That was all pretty horrible. How about I just try and be good, and I'm going to own trying to be good, and everything turns out better for it. For yeah, the you know, re- it's about so. being
3: yourself and true to yourself and finding yourself,
2: mm-hmm. regardless
3: of what. And it shows that parents can be toxic, which I think is a okay. really big thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, because you grow up in, you know, if you grow up in your family or something, you know, your parents are all you know. But then, once you start thinking for yourself and everything, because that kind of happens around thirteen, I think why I think that's why a lot of kids and parents have those rough years.
0: I'm still going through yeah, rough years with my parents, and I'm 25.
3: Yeah, I was a lot
0: Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I love my parents and, to death, but it's a rough ride sometimes.
0: Oh yeah, like I love my parents more than anything, and there's nothing I wouldn't do for them.
3: Oh, yeah. Like, same here. Like, I love them. When I told them, I was like, I, uh, I was like, I'm not, I I believe in something different. Right? And I was terrified. Because all these years now I was brought up to believing that something was like this particular thing was evil. And it's the devil working, you know, and I'm going to go to hell and I'm going to burn for eternity. And, you know, and so I was conflicted innerly of, what should I do you know do I still do this to appease everybody or do I do this to finally kind of be true to myself
0: and you know Marnie has that decision in Halloween Town like exactly does she go back to her mom and just not be a witch or does she go to Halloween Town and like discover and learn to use her powers yeah, you know, and that's
3: a big thing. I feel like at least everyone once in their life kind of tackles that. It's like, okay, do I do this for them, or do I do something for me?
0: Yeah, and it's usually around the age of 13. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, I don't think... Um,
2: teenage uh, in some respect. It may uh, be 13, 14, 17.
0: But yeah, it's... teenage years, like from 12 yeah. to even 19
2: yeah, teenagers uh-huh. are or tra- adults with training wheels,
0: yeah. and I just I don't That's think a lot of people give teenagers enough credit with their own like um anatomy, autonomy. yeah, like, look at the You're generation nice of so much. Look at the generation of teenagers right now who are like, making news rounds because they're protesting what they believe in and then they have to deal with their harassment they get in return. I couldn't yeah. have dealt with that when I was, like, 13, 14.
1: Yeah, like, it's... it's
2: Halloween Town is taking the dark twist.
0: <laughs> Do we go off on another political tangent? A
2: little bit. Well, it
0: kind <laughs> of It does tie into Halloween Town, yeah. and... It's
2: part of the plot is, like, well, like... A lot of the plot is pre exit like, even if you go into the sequels, the majority of the plot is that a pre-existing power or some sort of privileged power comes in and tries to exercise absolute power denying people free will. And that's relevant to kind of everything ever. That, I mean, that's the human struggle. I and mean, we live in a society, and the, the downside to living in a society is that people will try and take control of that society. Rather yeah. than empower it, enable it, safeguard it, there's always going to be someone who wants to take control of it. And even though it's this super cheesy Halloween movie, that's still what the plot is. Like, The if you go into the real Halloween town perspective, like ignoring the main character, Going into the perspective of the denizens of Halloween Town, the plot of Halloween Town is that their elected mayor, Goes Rogue, starts capturing and draining power from his constituents because he wants to do something that clearly they won't support unless he brainwashes them to support it. And goes on on this political maverick mission to cause a civil war that clearly they don't want. Otherwise, he would have just brought it up regularly. He was already the mayor of this place; like he was their ruler. If if they wanted to invade Earth, and he said, "Hey, let's invade Earth," they would have. But instead, he abused his power, his position of power, to damage people, uh, inhibit their ability to make their own decisions, uh, remove the people who were. Uh, empowerments of free speech and use that to push his own personal agenda. So even though it's this cheesy children's 90s Halloween movie, it's kind of how politics works in real life. Pretty much. 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 It's really true to life, even though it's about fictional goblins and stuff.
0: Yeah. Which, getting back into like the actual realm of the movie um aside from the plot i i watched this with cat the other day cat who was just on with us but got the news that her cat had gotten out of the house again she needed to go find him
2: that's a good reason
0: yeah as someone with uh two to three cats um i do understand that We watched, I watched this with Kat, also my roommate joined in for a little bit, and we were commenting like, oh, you know, this, you know, I thought this was going to be a bit cheesy going back, and it is, but it's not bad.
2: Yeah, it's super cheesy, but at the same time, the core mechanics of it are
0: really true to life. Oh, Yes. Like, I didn't think that the, um, the makeup and the costuming, it wasn't something you'd obviously see in, like, a really high-budget Halloween movie. Something, like, produced by Blumhouse or what have you. But it looked about, like, what you would see in a haunted house. Like, as far as the costuming and the makeup went. And I thought that was really interesting.
2: Yeah, I thought the makeup was great coming from special effects makeup background looking at what they did. It was very planet of the apes-ish to where you're looking at these people and you can't really tell where the themes and their masks are. Everything was very, so flush and fluent with their actual faces. And part it was of, so well done. Yeah. And part of that was that they kind of decided if someone was going to be mostly human or mostly monster. It's like they knew the limitations that they had makeup wise. And then they just rolled into it. They're like, all right, this going to be mostly monster with a few few human features, and it'll they'll be mostly masked. Or they're going to be mostly human, and we're just going to tape some monster features on, and that'll work.
0: Yeah, and yeah. I really enjoy the final outcome of it. Yes,
3: it's a little classic movie, you know, that kids aren't afraid of.
0: Yeah, and I like that they went that direction instead of going over the top and making it even, like, semi-scary is because, like, this is a movie I would feel comfortable introducing someone as young as three to. Oh, yeah, because it's a fun, uplifting movie.
2: Oh, it's so cheesy. Yeah, like, we've talked a lot about the deep implications behind things, but when you're watching the movie, it's just a cheesy movie about a girl who wants to be a witch. And, like, the characters don't even have that much depth. I mean, they're all brats. Literally all of them. Yeah. L- yeah even the grandma is kind of a brat. The villain's a brat. Luke, the, the love interest slash semi-villain, he's also a brat. It's it's all cheesy. So, like, and, you know, that's kind of the appeal to it. When it's got all of this cheesy stuff, but it's still pertainable to real life, that's that's good. That lets people observe, uh, absorb the lessons about how life works from watching an absolutely ridiculous Halloween movie.
0: Agree. So, do we have any final thoughts on Halloween Town?
2: The mother is the worst. Yeah, she is. Yes. honestly, I have more sympathy for the mayor of Halloween Town you know, <laughs> than I do the mother. She's, she's just
0: me.
1: So
2: I have more sympathy for her in the second movie where she almost gets seduced by a golem made out of frogs.
0: Yeah, I need to rewatch that movie. I don't really remember it all that well, but I do remember a little bit of
2: that. From the whole hyper-religious protective thing, she's just a little bit better. But, I mean, you appreciate her a little bit more, because maybe this time Mama will get hers and chill out. (laughs) She doesn't,
1: but...
2: I know. Well, also, it's a frog golem, so maybe good for her that she didn't get hers. I'm not going to kink it. If frog frog golems are your thing, then good on you. But I don't think they were hers, so... No. Yeah. And one observation that I had that I really liked, too, which kind of ties into everything that we already discussed, is when Marnie... Well, at the tail end, when they're joining together as a family and Marnie is finally feeling this independence and feeling her witch powers come on. And not only does she care about her own powers and becoming a witch, but she also turns to her brother and encourages him. Yep. And the mom doesn't even do it at that point. The mom's still so self-absorbed with what she's doing, and Uh it's only the daughter that's like, hey, believe. All you have to do is believe. Believe in yourself. Well, and her brother was so obsessed with being normal, and she was just trying to tell him that no, you could be more than normal if you wanted to be. Oh, look, you have magical powers, buddy! You're you're better than normal.
1: Come on, man. Yeah.
2: So also, on a tangential note, since we're on the siblings, we all know if the youngest daughter daughter was a far better witch than literally any of them, right? <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: The first daughter couldn't the eldest daughter couldn't remember a spell to save her life, and the younger daughter's like, oh no, it sounded neat, so I memorized it using a mnemonic device. <laughs> I made a song about it. It's like, oh, okay, cool. Apparently the youngest kid who's not even really a primary character is the most powerful witch of all of them. And also better at the monotony of being a witch, on top of it all. <laughs> and smarter than the brilliant brother. Right? Like, she was as smart as the brother, except she wasn't as buried up her own
0: ass. (laughs) Yeah, she was such a little turd. Yeah. So, I think we covered Halloween Town enough.
2: Yeah, we got really, I think we got far deeper into Halloween Town than anyone ever has before.
0: (laughs) I think we broke a new record. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Thank you, News, for making me think about politics all the time. (laughs) <laughs> and seeing it in everything. Yeah. Yeah. Not a bad thing. But it's terms a. Yeah, not the
2: best thing. It'd be kind of better if everyone got along and didn't interfere with other people's livelihoods. It'd be great if we didn't have to. Yeah. But that's not the world we're in right
0: now. No, it is not. So, on that note, let's move into Hocus, Hocus Pocus. Pocus. Oh, I know. So we talked about it a, a little bit before, um, but Hocus Pocus was released in 1993 It was directed by Kenny Ortega, who, um, I, I don't remember if it was before or after, but he directed Newsies. Mm-hmm. Um, he also later went on to direct all, I think, all the high school musical movies, which I'm not gonna say they're good or bad. They just are.
2: The first one was really good.
0: Yeah. Like they're fun. Like they're definitely like for children, but they're fun. Wow. Um and he also was
2: nineteen ninety two,
1: by the way.
0: This so was nineteen ninety two. Oh, okay. So, um and then he also went on to direct the Descendants was which, which is Also, a Disney Channel original movie series about the children of Disney villains. I was actually looking into it the other day. It looks very cute, so I might check that out in my spare time.
2: He's also doing the remake of Dirty Dancing. Really? Yeah. Uh, Even busy.
0: Yeah, he also directed Michael Jackson's "This Is It," like his final tour movie.
1: Wow. Yeah. He's loved the music.
0: He um is really well known for he- for his choreography. I think the High School Musical movies are extremely cheesy and definitely well, for high kids
3: supposed to
0: be. But they do have excellent choreography.
3: Well, look at uh the scene I put a spell on you.
0: Oh, exactly. That
3: was it's fantastic.
0: The <laughs> <laughs> That's, it's the best. Yeah, it's so good. So, um, making up the Sanderson sisters as Winifred, we have Bette Midler, which you should just know, because she's a goddess. Kathy Ninjami, Ninjami, as Mary, who I-, I know very well as Peggy Hill from King of the Hill, because I love that show. Oh, shit. For That's no- what? Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh my god! I know. strange, man. She really does. I, I, yeah,
1: she's been in
2: so much stuff. She's a great actress. Oh, yeah.
0: Um. Sarah Jessica Parker in the only role I've ever liked her in. Same. And this is someone who yeah, has I watched... I freaking hated her character in Sex in the City. I watched it for Samantha.
2: That's uh, because they're all kind of horrible. Yeah,
0: they're just awful, and I didn't like her in pretty much anything else I have ever seen her in.
2: It's because pretty much everything she was cast in after that was somehow derivative of Sex in the City.
0: Yeah, and I think she's a lot better actress than the role she uh, takes, gives her credit for.
2: If she had pushed to have a more varied career, she'd probably be a lot more well-respected, because I think she had the capability to pull that off. But at the same time, it's Really hard to snub A consistent job for that many years Especially as an actress Yes So I I get why she didn't Push harder but it also would have been nice To see her get into more Varied media And stretch her wings a little bit more
0: Yeah which is why Again I think this is her best role That she's ever had Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And I'll get into that later Because I really do love her character um, Omar Cat, who I'm not sure was in anything else that I recognize. Vanessa Shaw and uh Thora Birch who grew who grew slightly older to be in American Beauty. Yeah, she's the teenage daughter in American Beauty.
2: Yeah, with with, with her character, you think of her all the time of this little kid, but Thora Birch was pretty active. In uh, the late '90s, um, she was born in 1982. Like, yeah, you look at this movie, and you're like, she's such a kid. Like she's she's not a kid. She's she's damn near 40. She's in her mid 30s. <laughs> um, but we this movie is such iconic childhood Halloween for anyone over the age of 25. Mm-hmm. It's hard to think of her as a full-grown adult, but she she was, and she was uh, in a lot of stuff for a short period of time.
0: Yes, I uh, particularly, I think her best movie was Ghost World. Yep, that's what I was about to say. I love Ghost World. Yeah, that's one of my favorite movies of all time. I'm sure it's really
2: weird to think of her as her character in Ghost World versus... Her being the bratty younger child in Hocus Pocus.
0: I think it's weirder to think of her role in American Beauty.
2: Yeah. Well, it's weirder to think of literally anyone's role in American Beauty. Yeah. (laughs) anything else.
0: The world was a different place in
2: 1999. It was. Oh, Y2K. Yeah. Well, we were still recovering from the 80s we're being honest. The 80s didn't stop until 1993, and then we were still recovering 10 years later.
0: Yeah. Um, so Thor Birch has also been in a couple, uh, several low-budget but still enjoyable horror movies since then. I don't recall the names, but I do see her from time to time when I'm watching something that I find on, like, Fairnet or Shudder.
2: We should follow that up. I mean, I'm sure we've got room in the podcasts for October to have a thoroughbred Bu- horror movie included <laughs> in realm.
0: Okay. I'm down with that. Um, yeah.
2: Hocus Pocus Legacy.
0: Hocus Pocus Legacy. So, um, the story is, 300 years have passed since the Sanderson sisters were executed for practicing dark witchcraft. Returning to life thanks to a combination of... S- of a spell spoken before their demise and the actual actions of the virgin max the new kid in town the sisters have but one night to secure their continuing existence so i learned out what a virgin was from watching this movie not exactly but i had to ask right This is where I learned the word from, and I don't... (laughs) you
2: said virgin, like, 18 times in this movie. What does
1: that mean?
0: Well. Well, technically, I don't... I think a lot of the virgin of, like, when it comes to, like, magic and witchcraft, I don't think it means someone... I think it means something a little different than someone who's never had sex before. Well, context because
3: it's um, so like, what that is is you're considered like a virgin. Say if like your blood's never been used in any kind of like ritual.
2: Right, unused is really the the delineator. Because if, if you ever want to simplify it, just look at olive oil. Clearly, that's not in a sexual context, and if it is, I want stricter standards for olive oil.
0: I do. <laughs> Something. uh this kind of pertains. Um, there was a Disney Channel on Disney Channel's show, and I forget which one it was, but uh they had a joke that was like, "We've got olive oil, virgin olive oil, olive oil with a questionable past."
1: <laughs>
0: this was on a kid show. <laughs> Give
2: me the slutty olive oil. I feel like a garlic. <laughs> in. Is that what KY is? Oh, God. (laughs) I feel like it has to go through more than just a few iterations to make it to KY.
0: A little bit. It's not just microwave. No. Also, PSA, don't use use oils with condoms. They break them down. This has been your sex safety tip from The Extra Unordinary.
2: Yeah, don't get accidentally knocked up on Halloween. Or any time of the year, really. Just, you know...
0: Yeah, it's like one thing if you want to use coconut oil for massage, like, don't put it on your wiener and then put a condom on it. That's bad news, bears. Moving on.
2: (laughs) Intervening and educational. (laughs) See, what happened was. We started talking about Hocus Pocus and we got to condoms and I'm (laughs) (laughs) feeling this movie makes people feel things.
0: It really does.
2: So, So, on that point. Yes. Because there is stuff to talk about on this topic.
0: Of course. If you,
2: if you ever found Sarah Jessica, Jess, Sarah Jessica Parker hot, you found her hot in this movie.
0: Exactly. Um. And then
2: you had, um, let's see, Vanessa Shaw as Allison. That was also a big crush. And I feel like, um, oh, what was his name, Zachary Binks? I feel like that was a sexually a sexual awakening for a lot of young women in this movie.
0: He was a cutie pie, the best.
2: Yeah, I feel like a lot of women realized what it was to have a crush. They felt something more for when they saw Zachary Binks' ghost go on into the afterlife.
3: You're not wrong. I realize I crushed on a cat
0: the whole time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. So
2: a lot of people reading a lot more manga than they should have. <sighs>
0: I, uh, I know quite a few people, mostly women, who have named their black cat Binks.
2: I bet. Quite a few. One of my good friends, Gabby, had a cat named Binks, and it was the cat from hell. It was one, <laughs> one of those that just liked to knock things down off shelves if, no matter what. So it would search for oh, things just to knock off the table. It would wait for you to watch. So it would start pawing, get it to the edge. And not until you turned around and saw, I was like, Ooh, "Would it take that last clap and let you wash it as it drops and shatters on the floor?"
1: Sadistic. <laughs> Sadistic.
0: Oh, sweet Jesus! Uh, yeah. Thankfully, Linus, when he really wants to cause havoc, he'll just run away for a week.
1: Oh, that's not great, though.
0: No, it's really not.
2: That's
0: not what you want. No. But he He just,
3: like, takes a vacation. You don't know what he's been doing. It's like the secret life.
0: Pretty much. I mean, like, he came back. I found him the other day. He had someone else's fur all over him. And I was just like, you're a hurtful slut, Linus. (laughs) (laughs) Why do you run away so much? Am I that bad to be around?
2: Is he neutered?
0: Yeah, he's been neutered for, like, seven years.
2: Just, apparently the instincts didn't die.
0: Nope.
2: You gotta go out and get his. Gotta get de-stressed.
0: I mean, cats can still do it when they've been neutered. Yeah. It just doesn't make a baby. Yeah.
2: And that's what he's out doing.
0: Uh, Yeah. It's- it's it's really funny to watch... This is so off-topic and terrible, but it's really funny to watch neutered boycats. So
2: I the disclaimer that we're never going to be better than PG-13. No,
0: we're not. I'm sorry, <laughs> guys.
2: <laughs> PG-13 is the best you can ever expect out of this podcast. We're never going to be PG. We're too honest.
0: No. No. Uh, back to that, it's really funny to watch... Um, this sounds so terrible, but it's really funny to watch neutered boy cats try to get it on with unneutered girl cats. You know, I've never made a point to watch it. <laughs> um I <laughs> I didn't make a point, I was over at a friend's house and it just kind of happened.
2: Right. Just look here right.
0: left. <laughs> no, that is legitimately what happened. Oh, cats. Because she was in heat. Moving on from this topic, how do you guys feel about hocus pocus?
2: I love hocus
0: pocus. Isn't it great?
2: It oh, was great. It's quintessential like the craft for me.
0: See, I don't like the craft.
2: I enjoy the craft, but it's a little I don't know. It's teenagery in the not fun way sometimes. Yes. Like it's mm-hmm. it's iconic in the way that it's so very teenagery. But it's not teenagery y the fun, like, okay, here's PG-13 Halloween to the absolute extreme. Which, Hocus Pocus, is absolutely... Like, okay, it's very PG-13, but it's extreme Halloween.
0: No, it's PG!
2: Wow. They talk about virgins a lot.
0: They really do, and I can't believe this movie gets played on Disney Channel. Yeah. Like an... At an almost constant basis.
3: Well, it's, like, really good. And, like, you know, the thing is, so. like, you know, when when you talk to a lot of witches...
0: Yeah.
3: I won't say, like, most, but a lot say that the craft is what kind of introduced everything.
1: Oh, I believe that in a heartbeat.
3: And... So, Hocus Pocus was that for me. You know, Hocus Pocus was Minecraft. You know, like, after I watched it, I was like, that's so cool. I want to be a witch. Of course, I was like, and I didn't really know what a witch was, but that kind of started feeding everything into what it is now. You know, it was the superstitions and, you know, like the black candle and, and you know, flying on black the broom. Flame. And then what I loved was they took the whole flying on a broom thing, but then they were like, get the brooms. And who was it that wrote on a vacuum cleaner? I
0: yeah, think you it was Fred. It meant,
3: like, very anything very could be used, you know? And I was like, what? We're gonna fly. We're gonna, what are we going to fly
2: on
1: in uh, a
0: vacuum cleaner? It was so cute. I love this movie. I I identify with Sarah Sanderson a lot. As you know,
2: I, that was a question I wanted to ask, and I'm just going to go ahead and bring it up now so we can all answer it. Which Sanderson sister do you identify with most? Because it's it's an interesting question to delve into. Like me, personally, I'm either Winifred or Mary, depending on the day. I'm either the derpy utilitarian one. <laughs> and that's Mary all the way. she's very
1: useful, so she's very up.
2: That's me a lot of days. Other days, I'm definitely Winifred when I'm leading the troop, but maybe not in the right direction, and I'm complaining the whole thing. That's definitely happened before.
0: <laughs> um, I'm Sarah, because...
2: Amok, muck, amok, muck, amok, muck, amok, amok.
0: I'm really ditzy. Like I'm smart, I'm capable, but I'm ditzy as all fuck.
2: Now you might to R-rated. Trying to keep it
0: PG thirteen. <laughs> Shut up, John. <laughs> well, for PG thirteen,
2: you can say "fuck" once. Now you just—we <laughs> just
0: blew it, Joe.
2: And now we went to
0: R. <laughs> <laughs> Right, it's fine. This is already set as explicit on my, uh, on every platform, and I don't know how to undo that, so it's fine.
2: Yeah, there we go. We've already embraced
0: it. It's fine. You yep. no don't want
2: to hear Sarah Anderson.
0: Yeah. Um, I would, def- <laughs> I would definitely slow dance with the devil. I would. I know. I, I would like be. Like
2: the bus driver incident? for grabbing Sarah Anderson. I oh, would
0: definitely do that to drive a bus. <laughs> yeah.
2: That would <laughs> hit me in the morning. Well, no, I wouldn't. And then Winifred shows up, Oh, believe me, thou wouldst.
0: Yeah, that was really funny. I can't believe they get away with so much being, like... Why say it's PG-13? They kill a child in the first act. They, really, they do, and it's very... It's they not. the
1: life
2: out of a child in the first act.
0: But they did that in
2: Lion King too, and that was.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, Lion King <laughs> is rated G. they Well, they killed
1: somebody. the life out of a child for eternal youth.
2: Or even Up. Up was a Disney movie. They took out a human in the first act. Yeah, who died of old age. They didn't suck the life out of them. Like
0: a- <laughs> To be fair, she had a miscarriage, so the life was probably sucked out at some point. Oh. <laughs> Aww. I'm,
1: a oh, wow. oh.
0: I'm a fucking asshole. Ouch. I'm a fucking asshole.
1: Third time <laughs> I <didn't>.
0: Damn it. Too <laughs> soon. I'm sorry. That might get deleted because that's just a really bad <laughs> distasteful thing I said, and I'm sorry they're if I offended anybody. Long,
2: yeah, they're not here for that, they're here for the wrong podcast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So moving on from that very uh distasteful joke. Like, yeah, it's really surprising that this is PG because it's very not subtle with it. Well, it's you, it's subtle, la- but it's not that subtle.
2: Yeah, to elaborate on that. You ever seen the movie Airplane that has partial nudity and lots of dirty adult jokes? That was rated PG back in the day. Jaws
0: is rated Uh, PG and it has boobies in it.
2: Yep, that was very common back in the day, but PG-13 was invented at one point.
0: I think Uh, it was invented for, like, Indiana Jones? Quite possibly.
2: Well, it was invented because we had so many incidents, like these movies and movies before it, that were clearly just shy of R, and there was nothing in between parental guidance and restricted for adults. And people just needed a label for that, of like, okay, it's not explicitly R, but don't bring your four-year-old to it.
0: And guess what? People still do that with PG-13 movies. There's not one fucking marvel movie yeah there's not one fucking marvel movie i don't see like a two-year-old and i'm just like yeah i know it's superheroes and fun bright colors but like these are very violent don't bring your little kid to this
1: people will die
2: well a (laughs) two-year-old isn't going to retain most of it it's one thing when you've got the like five-year-olds to ten-year-olds who are having to absorb this adult material. It's like, okay, they're old enough to have questions about it, and now you're going to have those questions in the middle of a crowded theater. That's not good for you, that's not good for your kid, that's not good for the people in the theater who have to hear your kid ask you these questions. None of us want this. So, a quick fun fact here. PG-13 started in 1983. And the first film was Red Dawn.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Really?
0: That's yeah, interesting. I thought it was look Gremlins look or Indiana Jones.
2: Came out, but it was ten years before this movie came out.
0: I don't know. Like to me, it feels like they cut a lot of things out of the script to like borderline that PG rating. Oh,
2: definitely. That was definitely their intent. Because they didn't really need to get much edgier than they were. I mean, they covered it very elegantly through implications. And the part where literally some random suburban grandpa is Satan, and they start dancing around him, calling him master, and his wife gets upset about it. Like, that part was beautiful, but it was very subtle, too. Like... Kids weren't gonna really understand the depth of like, yeah, they really worship Satan. Like they weren't gonna get that. They were just like, oh, that's cute. They they serve a master, and they're really cheesy about it. And his wife's mad. Yay.
0: Yeah, I mean, to give the movie its credit, when I was a kid, I didn't pick up on a lot of things. So
2: yeah, and that's they specifically engineered it to be that. Yeah. And they still do that with kids shows now You watch like oh, Spongebob Squarepants There's a lot of Spongebob is so great jokes in there. Well Shrek in particular was the movie That just hinged on that See? That movie was based entirely On providing adult humor Hidden in a children's film
0: I really need to revisit Shrek Because I have not watched it since I was a child
2: There are so many Dirty jokes in that movie
3: well, like, now that I'm older, really I can catch on play to play. that kind of stuff. Like, Frozen, I love Frozen. I didn't realize when Spin and Anna were in the sled, and he's like, what's his shoe size? And Anna's like, shoe size doesn't matter. I was like, oh, no, they didn't.
2: Like, they, <laughs>
3: they did. <yeah. laughs> oh, Disney.
2: Yeah, and they do that. They also call themselves out on Disney bullshit. Um, because it went, he's like, how long have you known him? Oh, two days. Two days? You know, I don't think we can do this anymore. What do you mean? I don't think I can trust your judgment. He's <laughs> 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 like, oh no, you're, you're, you're invested in marrying this guy you've known for two days? I'm out. I'm out on this plan. We're not going to do this. Clearly, you're a crazy person. <laughs> so good. Frozen was ahead of its time. I love it so much. Frozen oh. was a necessity. Because that's the thing that Disney needed to call Disney out on Disney shit So that they could start making decent Movies
3: again Exactly. Well now like Wreck-It Ralph 2 When it had the scene with the princesses And (laughs) They were like asking uh, What's her face I forgot her name but they were like Asking her questions like oh you're a princess It's like were you enslaved or Captured you know were you poisoned And it's like She's like no it wasn't any of that like that dude, do, does everyone think you need a big man to come save you? Yeah, what's up with that? She is a princess. And I was like, oh, ha.
0: there we go. There we go. That's very. <laughs> I do enjoy that Disney is kind of taking, like, laughing at itself after, you know, doing stuff okay. like that for so long.
2: Self-awareness yeah. is critical. To making any sort of progress
0: Exactly And uh, But going back to Disney And this movie What's very interesting It's become so popular That during uh, the Halloween portion At Disney World uh, During uh, their ev- special event Called Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party Which is like um, <laughs> The park is open from like 6pm to midnight and It's closed off to anybody who doesn't have a ticket um, and I have the opportunity to go when I was last at Disney World, but I ended up not buying a separate ticket for it. But they, um, you go around and you trick or treat, they have special stage shows with the Sanderson sisters performing.
1: Nice. That sounds
0: amazing. I know. I'm really kicking myself for not going, but I'll always be there next year when I go.
1: Right.
0: So it really has become a for, uh, Hocus Pocus has become a force to be reckoned with.
2: Oh, and, absolutely.
0: And I think that's really cool because it is something that you know, I think it's very intelligent. And
2: well, it covers a lot of very dark mythos with a very cheesy tone. Yeah. And it's it's just a great combination of the real legitimate darkness that can be tied to Halloween along with the general cheesy spoopiness that it's just kind of generally enjoyable from anyone from ages three to 30 and God I hope ages beyond.
1: Oh yeah oh yeah. And just
2: the fact that it spans those realms, it's is delightful. It's really the best thing about the movie is that you can be five and enjoy that movie, and you can be forty-five and enjoy that movie. Because if you're forty-five watching that movie, you're going to look at the parents who end up going to that party and like, okay, someone just cast a curse on you, so you have to party with your spouse for six hours, and you you basically come out at sunrise having party for six hours and you're like, woo! And I thought LA was a part of town. Like, that's just a great element for the movie for parents.
0: I love that their parents dressed up and that their mom was Madonna, and she looks super hot. (laughs) Dad,
2: and Madonna, they went to both polar opposites of the spectrum. Someone went full dad pun, and the other one went full pop idol. (laughs) Yeah, this was
0: 1993, so Madonna was still Pretty like at time. huge at the time. Yeah. I mean Madonna's still like a queen within her own right, but she was like the star at oh, that yeah. point in time for pop music. So she they had like the cone bra and the braided hair and the ponytail.
2: Oh, yeah, they went all out of their costumes.
0: Well, I thought yeah. that was so great. And, like, you know, that whole scene is just amazing when they get on stage and start singing. Well,
1: like,
2: Elizabeth and I talked about this uh, beforehand, like, when we watched the movie a couple of weeks ago. How, okay, so their family is originally from California, and Comic Con has been running for an extremely long time in California. And the parents' costumes were really next level for a party in Salem when they had just moved there. So maybe, just maybe, the parents were OG cosplayers.
0: (laughs) (coughs) I like your headcanon. I like that. (laughs) Um,
2: They were going to Comic-Con for years, and then they moved to Salem. They're like, oh, no, no,
1: we got this.
0: No, um, I actually went to Salem for... I just had a night there, unfortunately, because Boston is very expensive to stay in, if you didn't know. Um, So, I uh, had a a night there, and I went on a ghost tour, but I did get to go by the Hocus Pocus house.
1: Oh, that's nice.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, I didn't grab any pictures, because I was just like... Wow, this is cool. I'm going to be late for my ghost tour. And the tour that had, like, a lot of their lore was sold out, because I waited till the last minute. But it was a good time. It was so cool up there. And, like, I'd really love to live in Salem. Like, going downtown, um, it was really neat. Like, there's a lot of history on old stuff, but, like, in every single window, there was, like, either a pentagram or a pride flag. <laughs> that's amazing. Sometimes both.
2: I mean, we know how the gays love the spook. I mean, Duke is an LGBT icon.
0: <laughs> we need to do the Babadook. Do
1: you <laughs> oh, that's such a good movie.
0: Yeah. Joe, didn't I get you to watch that?
1: Yeah, yeah, you
2: suggested it, and I watched it, and it, the whole thing was brilliant. I love it. I've never watched it before, but I'll gladly watch it.
0: It's on so Netflix. It's so good. It's a great movie.
2: that like, uh, he's a Saga Plus icon. I mean, kind of obligated to it.
0: Yeah. Um, he's great. And, oh, there's so many movies we can do now that it's Halloween season.
2: We
1: do love Halloween season.
0: Yes. You do trick-or-treat. Well, Oh. Yeah, that's one of my favorites. Same. I that's like a every Halloween
3: name my significant out there, like we have a marathon of just horror movies. Good or bad, doesn't matter. Yeah. And trick or treat uh, is just religion now.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's honestly like, one of the big reasons I want to go to Halloween Horror Nights this year is because they have a trick or treat themed house. Oh. It's gonna have a little Sam.
2: Yeah, like I have a group that also does. um We do spooky movie nights because we all have significant others who hate horror in every regard. So we all just get together and watch horror movies because our S.O.s can't stand it, and will kick <laughs> us in the sleep if they watch the movies with us. <laughs> and we just have to go through them. Though i I, I want, I, I want to suddenly divert us. Back to Hocus Pocus. Please do. Because one of the best things I love about Hocus Pocus, aside from all the general spookiness and how it pertains to Halloween, is the
1: magnificence that is Billy the Zombie. Oh, <laughs> yes,
0: absolutely <laughs> you know agree.
1: the best parts of the movie.
0: I know, and nobody takes him seriously at all.
2: My favorite part, my favorite part, especially growing older, my favorite part is when they resurrect him, he gets out of his graves, looks at them, like, what are you talking about? Turns around, sees his own gravestone, and rather than be surprised <laughs> or dismayed or horrified, he just makes the strongest nonverbal sigh ever depicted in media. So just, Ugh. <laughs> Ugh, I just... I
1: Nobody died.
2: he saw this coming. And is just really disappointed that it, it that it actually happened. Like, damn it, I knew. I knew it was going to happen, and here we are. And now I have to chase some children and hope they cut open my mouth just so I can tell this bitch off. <laughs> I'm curious on his backstory, the though. Because his backstory from that side means that he didn't know what was coming. Oh, he oh it knew like, it was coming, because when, when you're turned into a zombie, you don't just, you don't sigh. No, he you didn't know his death was coming. Oh, his death, I'm sure, was a surprise, but yeah, how it would end up if he died was not. No. Like, he dated a Sanderson sister, he knew what was up. He cheated on a Sanderson sister with another Sanderson sister. He knew it wasn't going to end well.
0: Yeah. See what happened was. See
2: what what happened was. Jaden Winifred got seduced by Sarah, and then he's just like, you know what, this is going to end really poorly for everyone. And then he woke up in the 20th century staring at his own gravestone. Yeah. Yeah, I love his reactions to the witches. Every time they give him a command,
1: too, he's like, eh, whatever. (laughs) I mean, if they weren't going
2: for PG-13, you know what would have been a middle finger. (laughs) <laughs> Every
0: single time. <laughs> yeah, pretty much.
2: Finger <laughs> off. Um,
0: but you know, I think we covered a lot of good things tonight for both of the movies. You know, uh, we can start wrapping up, but I do want to hear from everybody what they like best about Hocus Pocus if it, or something you like about Hocus Pocus.
2: So one of my favorite things about Hocus Pocus is how they constantly put the super magical trio of witches at a disadvantage because they have no goddamn idea what's going on.
0: Yeah, they're really like, they're really quite clueless.
2: Right, one of the major plot points they use to get away from them in the first place is the fact that they have no idea what asphalt is. And if you don't know what asphalt is, it's really freaking weird. It, it's this weird, semi-liquid-looking, solid surface. And it makes absolutely no sense if you have no predetermined context for what the hell asphalt is. So the men just escape from the witches and are like, "Asphalt! Oh my god, it's a dark black river of stone. What do we do? Oh, oh, no, it's solid. Okay, we're fine. We're totally fine. But it took them several, like, a few minutes to figure out that case. So, they bring them in as all-powerful witches who are also completely detrimented by the fact, like, oh, we missed out on a few hundred years of technology and everything else. Like, they do one successfully murder them all. They do murder the witches by trapping them in a very high-end kiln at the local high school.
0: Yeah, that was a very fancy kiln from a high school.
2: It was a really nice kiln because it's this giant sealed room that they were able to just trap three witches in. Like I'm dating an archie, teacher, I promise you. Most high schools in modern day don't have a, a kiln room that nice.
0: Most... But- art rooms now don't have sketching pads.
2: Yeah, no, sketching pads are... Yeah, they've got got modeling
1: clay They don't have sketching
2: pads. (laughs) The room has a fan from 15 years ago with a massive technological flaw in it that'll cause it to to spontaneously fail and might burn down the high school. But, you know, you don't need any more money
1: money for schools. Oh, look, we're back to politics! Anyways. Aesthetic! (laughs) But during
2: the during the Salem witch trials, when they burn people at the stake, if they were a witch, they wouldn't burn, isn't that correct? But if they weren't a witch, they would burn. No, I the burning would work no matter who you are. It was the drowning that wouldn't work if you were a witch. Yeah. Uh,
1: they threw you in the water, and if you were a witch, you would float like a
2: duck. Wouldn't drown. Yeah, right. Burning works for
3: pretty much everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, burning's kind of like the go-to. Um, All <laughs> Fire,
2: it purifies. I mean, that was just there. See, because fire destroys literally everything.
0: It does. So, Joe. Yes. Yeah. Coming to a close... What are some of your thoughts on Hocus Pocus, and what do you like about it? What do you like best about it, or what are just some random things you like about it?
2: Having rewatched it, like, two decades ago was the first time I watched it, and now rewatching it again today and, I think, on Friday, there is so much about Sarah's character that I just fell in love with. Isn't she okay. just wonderful? Indeed. Even when she doesn't have lines, the things that she's doing, the character choices she makes, the faces that she does, the
0: reactions that she,
1: she has, is just, it's all freaking brilliant.
0: Exactly. And, you know, I, do, I say this, like, not to disparage her other roles, even though I don't think they're that good, but this being Sarah Jessica Parker's best role is because the level of just raw energy that she put into her performance is absolutely yes. astounding and makes the movie so as good effort. as it is. Yeah.
2: Like, no, I agree. Like, this is one of her best roles, and it was her earliest roles. And I think the really thing we're bemoaning is not her talent or what she's done. It's that we never got to see her stretch her wings as much as we did. In this ridiculous 90s movies about witches resurrected from a black flame candle, <laughs> Where she, repl- where she played a ridiculous bimbo, like and she played a, 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 like, the character was literally defined as being a ridiculous bimbo, and it, she was one of the best parts of the movie.
1: Oh yeah. oh
2: yeah! She just played it so hard and so well, and we know she was capable of so much more than we've seen in her subsequent works. She reminds me of Phoebe from Friends. Yes, but only in this movie. Yeah. Because Phoebe, in real life, is this brilliant, Was she, like, so neuroscience smart. or something like that? Some, she's got some doctorate degree in something, and she's very, very smart. But she oh, plays well. dumb so well. Yeah, I wasn't aware of her education, but I know she's been involved in a lot of the writing of various things that she's been on. But she's distinctly a smart lady who specifically is good at playing dumb. And I don't know if Sarah Jessica Parker would be anywhere near the same level, but we know she'd be good at the general idea. Because she did it in this movie when she was pretty close to the start of her career. She played dumb so brilliantly, and you can't do that if
1: you just didn't.
0: Playing dumb does take a lot of commitment, especially like...
2: You not understand it. If- to actually play it humorously... If it's just dumb to be dumb, okay, yeah, any idiot can play dumb to be dumb, but to play dumb in a way that's humorous and furthers the plot takes a level of understanding that true idiots aren't capable of. Exactly. Like in Tropic, if, uh, Tropic Thunder, explained that really
1: well. It's going to You're right, it did. That's such a
0: great movie. I've actually never seen it. You need oh, to watch it.
2: You have you to watch it. Certainly.
0: I will. Yes,
2: it's it's brilliant.
0: I will. So, Elm?
3: Uh, I liked the whole legends, you know, like y'all have already said, how they took these dark legends, you know, and urban myths and just mythos in general and turned it cheesy and not as scary. You know, because...
2: Yep. Devil worshipping witches. witches and yeah, made like them devil red- worshipping and things like that. You know,
3: like the witches were supposed to be, you know, have a pact with the devil or work for the devil. And, uh, like, if you watch the movie The Witch, it's almost like the same thing
0: in the sense of...
2: You mean The Witch or the v
0: the vavavitch the the that we actually just did an episode on and is posted on our website.
3: I need a, I, I need to watch it like or listen to it all of it because I listened to half of it before I had to go to bed for work. But uh, like y'all were saying, you know, like the ending where Black Phillip was actually the devil. And she's like, hey, I can give you whatever you want. And she's like, okay. they walked into the woods and then everyone started floating. You know, that's like a very witchy thing that people believed. And that's kind of like in Hocus Pocus, you know, they're flying on broomsticks, they're kidnapping children, they're, you know, close with the devil and they cast curses and there's a evil black candle that does things and in reality it's the complete like opposite to an extent
0: yeah I I don't really know any quote unquote evil witches most of my friends who are witches and that I talk to online they um, are very peaceful and loving
3: yeah you know and it's kind of like in Halloween Town those are the kind of witches you're going to see versus Hocus Pocus which is the all, you know, evil one. But what people kind of forget is, you know...
0: Hocus Pocus isn't really, like, an accurate representation more something like Halloween Town is.
3: No. How yeah. you know, it's self-empowering it's it's things. It's, 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 it's not, it's not capturing children and eating their souls to regain, like, immortality. <laughs> right.
2: The Hocus Pocus is the representation of how... Like 18th century, 17th century puritans would perceive anyone other than Christians and how they would expect them to act and then expecting those stereotypes, how they would hold up versus the 20th, 21st century. And that's part of what would be so delightful. It's taking this absurd stereotype from yesteryear and then applying it to the absurd stereotype of what at the time was current day. And, of course, in our case, literally seeing 90s depicted as current day is hilarious. So,
1: <laughs> seeing that. Uh,
0: I 70- will never not laugh at that grunge bully kid. Because that is, like, the epitome of 90s to me. Just, like, the shoulder-length blonde hair on a dude who oh, yeah. looked like he wanted to be a part of Nirvana so bad.
1: Who like was the still Ridge making project project fun the of Californians.
2: What? He was still making fun of Californians, despite having shoulder-length blonde hair. Exactly. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you mean the epitome of California. Then in, I don't know now.
2: Yeah, that's pretty consistent for California from here on. From yesteryear into current year. Fair
0: enough.
3: It's like the original Blair Witch Project. Yeah. The characters were very, ni- it, you
0: know, 90s. Oh, yeah. And um, if you ask me in my not-so-humble opinion, I think 90s is, like, the worst decade. For it was cringeworthy. God. And, like, I do know. I've gone 70s, into fights about pizza pe- with people. Eighties and
1: nineties
2: all fall into that category for various reasons.
0: You know, I just think the nineties more so because, like, yeah, there was a lot of crap in the seventies and eighties, but it did spawn some of the best you know, films that were ever made. Where I just don't get that. Can from honestly,
2: the 90s. say that that's most likely just because you were forced to live through the nineties. If you were forced to live through the eighties at the point in which you were cognizant. You would probably say the same thing about the eighties. Oh no, I, I like think... the eighties. I grew up through the eighties and I liked the eighties. I didn't like the nineties. You like but. the highlights of the eighties. Yes. I Everyone mean, likes the highlights of the eighties. Actually growing up in the eighties,
1: that's a different matter.
0: Alright. I will agree to disagree and we can fight about this another time, John. Sure.
2: I'm just pointing out, that the, like, the first few years of your life, you never experienced the truest bullshit that a decade has to offer.
0: I mean, to Which, be fair, I didn't watch a lot of 90s horror until the late 2000s.
2: Yeah. Well, like, the years that you had your teenage years are always going to be the years that you either hate the most or love the most, because that's when you turned into a grown-up, or at
1: least started to.
0: So, I was a teenager, um, late 2000s, or early 10s, and I really like the horror movies that came out that at that time. That's how we got Martyrs. Martyrs came out of that The Martyrs time. is so good. Yeah, we did an episode on that, too. She
3: was so, so good. <laughs> we just kind of to go through
0: and watch all of them.
3: Yeah. Or, li- I mean, listen, not watch, whatever.
0: Yeah, but, um, I... Th- I'll go ahead and round us out for the night. Um, I love Hocus Pocus, and I actually admittedly I hadn't watched it in a quite a long time because I hate following crowds, and everybody seemed to like it all at once about five years ago.
1: I haven't watched Hocus Pocus
2: consistently for at least ten years.
0: Oh, and I'm sure there's a lot of people who have. However, it's, like, among the trends and things, like, I had not watched it since it was on Disney Channel. I hadn't watched Disney Channel in, like, 15 years. And then everybody just started loving it, and it just kind of got on my nerves <laughs> until I actually sat down and watched it. I was like, okay, I'll give people credit. This is actually really good. But but I'm... I will admit, I am somewhat... of. An elitist asshole when it comes to movies and pop culture. put a tagline from Focus
2: Focus. I've always wanted children,
0: and now I think I'll have one on toast. Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much.
2: If you only see the fringes of, you're not really going to appreciate. But once you've watched it, oh no, there'll be something in there you like.
0: So it really is a good movie. Um, I do see what people see in it. Um, and what I really like most about it is one, the characterizations of the Sanderson tw- sisters, because they all did fabulously. Every, um, Bette Midler, uh, Kathy, uh, and Jimmy and Sarah Jessica Parker, all really encompass the roles that they were given and made their own that I don't think any other actress that was given that role could have done it quite as well the way they did it yeah and I really like it because it takes place in Salem and Salem is like one of my favorite places in the world now like I want to live there one day but only in like the spring through summer because I can't do winter in New England. (laughs) I will die and it will not be fun.
2: That's when you go back down to Orlando.
0: That's my plan. Condo in Orlando, condo in Salem. So yeah, it's not, I don't really have a lot of very big, expensive dreams. But uh, to round this out, let's have one more roundtable. And um, since we're on the topic of Halloween, uh, let's say our favorite thing about the Halloween holiday. Like, what do you personally love about it? Joe, why don't you go?
1: The one thing I love the most is the getting to dress up
2: as whatever your creative mind can think of. And there's no boundaries, there's no rules. And if you want to mash up two characters, you can. If you want to mash up four characters, you can. Just whatever your brain can think of. And you get to see the creative side of everybody. And they typically dress up as something that they like. So you also get to see them... And get to know something about that person. So if they're dressing up as SpongeBob, you know that they like SpongeBob. <laughs> you don't dress up as something you don't like typically unless your parents are forcing you into something because you're going to some church religion place and you have to dress up as a Bible character. Joe, I have more questions <laughs> for
0: you about that.
2: <laughs> In the real world, you get to dress up as whatever you like and whatever you love and something that's close to your heart. And I love that you can, you get to See that part of somebody else and get to know them without having to necessarily dig deep and delve in conversation, which I'm not in conversation. It's just a nice way to a nice visual way to see that side of somebody.
0: All right. Thank you so much, Joe. John.
2: So, my favorite thing about Halloween, and it's it's been my same favorite thing since I've been a kid, is that unconventional is specifically accepted at Halloween. Spooky is always the preferred direction, but it doesn't necessarily matter what the actual direction is. Unconventional at Halloween is accepted because everything's supposed to be, at the very least, slightly off. Spooky is good, terrifying is great, but odd is always accepted. And I just have always loved about the holiday that whatever direction you go in, it's okay. Yeah. It doesn't matter what direction it is, but just you get to go in any direction you want to and express it at whatever level you want to. Is it a pin? Is it a a shirt? Is it a full-blown freaking costume? It doesn't matter. All of it works. And uh, I just love that anyone can go in whatever direction they want in. And of course I love that the general direction is spooky.
0: <laughs> yes. I like spooky as well. Um, why don't you go ahead? Tell us what you like about Halloween. Oh, what do I like about
3: Halloween? Uh it kinda I I still love it for the whole, you know, like everyone's already said already the whole aspect of creativity and you know it doesn't matter how odd you are you're going to be accepted but after becoming a witch you know it's become almost a sacred day because um, it's known as the witch's new year and so like my new year now starts in october And so it's a day of almost like rebirth and connecting with ancestors and kind of just going on all out on a holiday. You know, you decorate, you dress up, you you know, the kids coming for candy, you do all that, you know, and then... You do like a ritual or a spell, and it's just like an awesome day. It's like you you have the whole day to kind of do like whatever you want, and even if no one believes in any of it, if they see you doing it, you're not crazy.
0: Yeah. You're like,
3: what's he doing? It's just like, oh, I don't know. It's Halloween. It's like, oh, okay, that that works. You know, you don't really have to explain anything. You just are, and that's that's really why I love it. Like, it's just become so much more. At the same time, it's the same as it's always been, if that makes any sense.
0: It makes perfect sense. So, uh, to round everyone else out, I, I agree with everybody. What I like about most about Halloween is that it... um, Draws together from People from different walks of life And they all just kind of Get together and celebrate the spooky Or the weird
1: Yeah
0: Or the odd And that's great And it makes me want Every day to be Halloween Not because of like I want to wear a costume every day I'll go ahead and do that if I want to (laughs) Um But it gives everybody, like, a chance to really connect and talk about things that they're passionate about.
2: It's empowering.
0: Yeah.
2: And that was one of the things that I loved about working at the Atlanta Zombie Apocalypse with you two, with Elm and (laughs) with Addison. Was that the people there, it was such a diverse range of people. And there was probably, what, about 100, 150 of us. And Mm -hmm. we were all friends. We were all accepting. And it didn't matter if you were nerdy, if you're athletic, if you were cheerleaderish, or if you were a popular kid, or whatever. All of us, we were just friends and we were doing this haunt together. And it was just very, very, a very loving family situation.
3: It really was. I have to agree. Like, the AZA was. It introduced a whole new world. Yeah you know what I mean? Like it introduced so much and I'm still friends with like almost everybody, you know, like over the years and stuff. And now I'm able to rekindle, you know, a friendship with Addison, you know, it's like, Oh man, I haven't spoken to you in like what, six years. And, uh, you know, it's like, it was just crazy. And a lot of us, you know, we're still family, yeah. you know, and it doesn't matter how many times, um, You've not how many times, but you know how long has passed. You know, you're you, when someone's name comes up, you're like, "Oh yeah, I remember them." And like that's how I met my fiance. Now he says hi to everybody. Was at the Aza. Oh. You know, Shags. Oh. Shags says hello. I <laughs> say Yeah, like that's how it was. You know, everyone was just family. Everyone knows each other. A lot of us are still friends.
0: Yeah, I'm um still friends with a couple people on Facebook. The only reason I'm not friends with more is I think I, is I go through phases and I usually delete my Facebook and restart. <laughs> and I'm trying not to do that anymore. <laughs> I get it. I ended up just changing
3: my name. And I was like, huh, your name, who dis? And then a lot of people didn't recognize me, so they deleted me. So I didn't have to do anything. And I'm like,
1: there we go. There you go. Oh.
0: All right. So this has been so much fun, you guys. I'm so glad we got to officially kick off Halloween by doing this episode.
2: Yeah, these it's are nice. two quintessential movies. They're yeah, it's a great way to start it off. We were just, yes. just so lightly and generally spooky without really going too far in any extreme direction.
1: Yeah. They're just iconic.
0: They really are. So, and I think on that note, I think we can all sign off. So, does everybody want to say bye-bye?
3: Yeah. Bye, everybody.
0: Thanks for joining us, Elm.
3: You're um, no, no problem. I don't, I don't have a life right now. <laughs> I mean, I do,
0: but... Listen, I'm trying to just work enough overtime so I can pay for fun things like going to Halloween Horror Nights amen (laughs) so alright I've been Addison
2: this is Joe this is John and remember to be anything greater than ordinary first you have to be something other than ordinary
0: thanks for those wide words John This has been The Extra Unordinary. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll catch you next time. Good night. Good night.